Before we begin today's show, I'd like to take a minute to tell you about a new layer to the podcast. I'm now officially on Patreon. Have you ever thought to yourself after listening to an episode of this show, why didn't Derek think to ask that question? I know I certainly have. Then sign up at patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast and you'll get the chance to ask the guest of this show a question. You'll also get early access to episodes and a chance to vote on show topics. And I'd also like to give a special shout out to our patrons, Steve Wise, Josh Shinnewerk, Tim Spivey, and Tanya Richter. Thank you guys so much for your contributions. And again, if you'd like to be a part of our growing community, just head over to patreon.com slash ddiamondpodcast. And now, on with the show. You know, if there was one genre of film that I never thought I would talk about on this podcast, it's horror. But that's what we're talking about on today's show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the kickoff of Halloween Horror Month here on the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, where every week I take a look inside the world of film and television with those who have lived it and experienced it. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And as I said, this is Halloween Horror Month here on the podcast. And this is something that is relatively new to me because I, for the longest time, was not a horror fan uh, of the genre in general. Uh, I remember, and this is kind of a funny story, but I remember my aunt, uh, who I would stay with quite a bit as a kid, was a huge fan of horror films, watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, uh, and other films as well. But the one, believe it or not, that caused me to freak out more than any other was Leprechaun. Me being, and I don't remember how old I was at the time, but I was petrified of the movie Leprechaun. I, I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was, but I just remember the face specifically of the leprechaun gave me nightmares for like two days and it was uh, pretty nuts. So for the longest time, I just completely avoided the genre was not a fan of it. Not a fan of the characters. Uh, I even hated watching trailers for horror films. You know, I would turn away. I would plug my ears. You know, mostly when I was a teenager, but, um, Funny enough, over the last year or two years, I've grown to appreciate the genre a little bit. Now, it's still not my favorite by any stretch, but at the same time, I've, like I said, grown to actually like some of the horror films, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. I know it's a bit of a, uh, it's a week late as far as officially kicking off Halloween Horror Month because uh, this past Thursday was October 1st, but already had a show in the can uh, that I released. So this is the official kickoff. I uh, got some cool stuff planned later this month for the show. I've got uh, two interviews that I'm doing with horror filmmakers. And then also at the end of the month, uh, thanks you to the Patreon subscribers here uh, on the Derek Diamond Experience Patreon page, I will be doing a roundtable discussion on the Evil Dead franchise. Uh, which is, again, a franchise that I've recently discovered. And honestly, it was because for those who live here in Pensacola, 
there was an Evil Dead musical and loved it. I thought the performance was, you know, performances, I should say, were great. And then as a result of that, watched a couple of the movies. So I'm um, excited to be talking about that. And uh, for, we're just going to dive right into it here. Um, for those who may not remember my morning show that I did back during the pandemic, uh, this that was called The Daily Diamond, um, every weekday I would do a top five list. It was anything from movie-related to non-movie-related. Well, I've brought a little bit of that to the podcast with doing these select live shows because I love the interaction with everyone. I love everyone sending in their list. I like reading them on the show. All that fun stuff. And it, it really makes you go back and think, regardless of what the genre or the topic of your list is, there's always something that's left out. You know, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's like, no matter what I think of, someone's like, oh, well, did you put that in your top five? I'm like, I pr probably should have. But uh, we're going to refresh the page a little bit. It, it's been a bit since I've done uh, a live show as far as one of this um, um, this type of format. Uh, oh, Nick Flagstar says, Psst, I was the band leader for Evil Dead the Musical both runs. Well, you did a fantastic job. I thought everyone did great with with that show. And again, being something that I wasn't that familiar with, I I loved it. You know, I love the performances. You could tell everyone was having a ball. Um, I love watching stage adaptations of movies, shows, whatever the case may be. I, I personally very much enjoyed it. And there's still... There's still horror films that, you know, I, I still have yet to watch. But that's kind of something that I've been doing really since the month started. And the really last year is when it kind of started. But part of it is honestly, I, I owe this to my co-host over on the Nerd Cave Retro Show, Mr. Jason Robbins. Because the past few years, we've done Halloween Horror Month on that show where we review uh, Halloween or horror-themed retro games. But then we also do, at the end of the month, we do some type of a discussion on a classic horror film. You know, we've done, uh, we did Halloween last year. We did, the year before, I believe, was Nightmare on Elm Street. And I can't remember if we did anything film-wise the year before that. But that honestly kind of got me into the horror genre. And I remember watching quite a few horror movies uh, this past fall. Is this past October specifically. So it's been an interesting genre to um, get introduced to. And I, I did want to ask for those who are watching on Facebook Live, do you consider movies like Shaun of the Dead and like Zombieland, like horror comedies, do you put those in the horror genre? Or do you put that as like its own separate category? Because I've heard mixed things online. Because I've looked up other lists of top 20, top 30 horror movies. Some include movies like Alien, like Jaws, which those do have a horror element to them. But like with Alien, I tend to think of it more as a sci-fi movie with horror elements. And the same thing with Zombieland or Shaun of the Dead. I think of them as comedies with horror elements. But I consider comedy in that case... Jaws is a little bit more interesting. Like, I consider that to be like a a thriller type of film, which you you could say is 
uh, the same thing as horror. You know, it's um, it's an interesting debate that I've seen over several websites, and I don't know how I would classify them. You know, I, I have a couple of those listed as honorable mentions just because I wasn't sure, but at the same time, I acknowledge the elements of the genre that are in those movies. But my personal top five, I tried to keep as strictly horror-specific as possible. Uh, Nick Flagstar says, yes, part of horror is a horror subgenre. Okay, well then, I, I might have to um, change my thinking a little bit here, but I'm still going to go through uh, my list because, I, as I said, I tried to put more specific, like horror-specific films as possible. So I'm going to start with my honorable mentions here. Oh, Nick, and hence my inclusion of the burbs in my list. Well, if that's the case, then I would have to throw Zombieland in, in my list. So I, I might make some, uh, some slight tweaks to that. But uh, I will start with my honorable mentions. And again, for those who are watching, feel free to throw in your top five uh, in the chat, and I will read them after I finish mine. I've also got a couple of... Um, lists that were left to me on Facebook here at facebook.com slash ddiamondpodcast. But my honorable mentions, and I got to give a shout out to my friends uh, Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps because they co-wrote this film. That would be the awesome short film Monsters Anonymous. It was directed by Jeremy London. It was made back in the spring of 2016 and what I liked about this movie, and it does have comedic elements to it, and it's also available on Amazon Prime for those who haven't watched it, but what I really liked about this film was the blend of the horror and the comedy. Because essentially what it's about is it, it features the classic movie monsters like Frankenstein, uh, Frankenstein's Bride, The Wolfman, Dracula, which Dracula is played by Brian O'Halloran, who played Dante in the Clerks slash Kevin Smith universe. And they're all in group therapy because no one finds them scary anymore. And it's a well-made film. It's got funny moments. It's got some thriller moments. I definitely recommend that you check it out. It's only 20 minutes long. And it's available on Amazon Prime. But I got to give them a little bit of love for that because it's actually... And I'm not saying this because the, the co-writers are good friends of mine, but it's actually a very well-made movie. So definitely go check that out on Amazon Prime. Uh, Shaun of the Dead, I would also throw uh, for the very much the same reason. I actually prefer Shaun of the Dead to um, Hot Fuzz, which I know several people prefer that film. Um... I loved Shaun of the Dead the first time I watched it. I try to watch it every October. Uh, at times I don't get to, but it's a really fun, entertaining movie that I really... I love that whole crew that makes those movies. They, they do really good work. Um, I would also put, again, similar to Leprechaun, this movie freaked me out as a kid. And I think a big reason why I have a fear of these types of animals is because of this movie, and that would be The Birds the uh, infamous Alfred Hitchcock film, just watch it and you'll understand my not quite irrational fear of birds anymore, but there for a while, especially seagulls used to scare the bejesus out of me. 
but it, it was. Um, I remember the first time I watched it, the scene of the, you know, everyone like in the water under the boat as they're trying to protect themselves from the birds. Man, that was uh, it was freaky stuff. But um, yeah, those are my honorable. Oh, also another honorable mention because I am tweaking my list a bit here on the fly. I would also throw Get Out, which is the most recent film on this list. Brilliantly made. Uh, for those who haven't watched it, definitely go check it out. It's got awesome horror elements. It's got great thriller elements. One of the best movies of the last five years, in my opinion. If you have not watched Get Out, definitely go check that out. But uh, starting officially with my number five is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Of course, starring Robert England as Freddy Krueger. Looking back at those classic, you know, 80s horror characters, Freddy Krueger always stood out to me, not just because of the the uh, scarred face from the burns, the sweater, the clawed hand, but what I liked the most about the Freddy Krueger character is he attacked you when you were supposed to feel the most safe, and that is in your dreams and in your sleep, and if he killed you in your dreams, you died in real life. And just the pure thought of that, from a storytelling standpoint, is great, because, like I said, you are supposed to feel your most secure when you're in your home, in your bed, and you're sound asleep. Yeah, you have nightmares, but, I mean, you wake up, and that's it. But these, you may not wake up from. And a couple of the sequels I didn't mind, but much like Friday the 13th, I felt like they became more comedy than anything. Like, there were funny moments to me in Freddy vs. Jason when that movie came out. It was, to me, more of like a fun popcorn flick than a horror movie. Yeah, deaths happened and everything, but I, I looked at it, as I said, as more of like a fun entertainment because they actually incorporated more humor into Freddy's character as the films progressed. My number four would be Zombieland. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see this movie in theaters when it came out, but I remember getting it on DVD because I love Woody Harrelson. I loved him when I watched Cheers as a kid, that being like his ultimate breakout role. And to me, you could make the argument that he's been the, mo the most successful from that entire show. I mean, I know John Ratzenberger's had a, a nice career as, um, you know, various Pixar voices. But um, Woody Harrelson, as far as live action goes, would easily be, I think, the most successful. And then seeing his role in this film and even the sequel, he was the glue that held everything together. His Tallahassee character is one of my favorites of... Any character in any film, I just love his, you know, his loyalty that he develops at the end of the movie to um, to all the other characters. But he's just so funny, and it was really well made. The effects were good. I love the intro to this movie when you have the slow motion, zombie kills, and everything. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I, I love, I love Zombieland. It's... Arguably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. 
just from a, f- a pure entertainment factor. But um, let's see, moving on to, let me find my list here. So my number three would be a movie that I'm almost kind of embarrassed to say I just saw for the first time last year. But that's going to be these next three, which should tell you the impact that they made. And that would be the original Halloween, directed by John Carpenter, of course, starring Jamie Lee Curtis and featuring the first appearance of one of the most iconic uh, horror villains of all time. That would be Mr. Michael Myers. Again, this was a movie that when I was younger, I had absolutely no interest in watching but we reviewed this on our special Halloween episode of Nerd Cave Retro. Actually, Halloween 1 and 2 to be specific. But as I was watching it, I was thinking this isn't just a good horror movie. This is just a good movie in general because you think of how it was made, the story that it tells, the suspense that happens you know, almost nonstop because you don't know when Michael Myers is going to show back up. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's breakout role, but to me, the most important, maybe not the most important, but the most underrated aspect of this entire film was the Halloween theme song. Of course, done by John Carpenter as well, but that... I can't picture any other song that's playing throughout the movie while you're waiting to see where Michael Myers is going to show up next. I think if it were any other thing, any other song, then it wouldn't have that same impact. And like I said, it was just a great overall film. It didn't have really any gore. It was much more of a you know, like constant fear of dread and not knowing what's around the corner and you don't know what's going to happen next type of thing. I I really, really liked Halloween 3. And most any other uh, list, it would be a little bit higher. I've read some that have it as their number one. I read some that had it ranked in like the teens, which was to me kind of shocking. But my number two would be the original Scream. And the funny story behind watching this movie, so I mentioned the Nerd Cave Retro show that we did. After we reviewed the first three Halloween movies, we had recorded the shows earlier in the day, so by the time we finished, it was like 8 o'clock. And I thought to myself, it's not that late. And we were talking off and on about the Scream movies. So I thought, why not? Why not watch Scream? Like I got time. It's not that it's not that late. And I had heard about how clever the movie is and that being it takes the the basic formula of the horror movie and actually acknowledges it and makes it kind of meta in a way. And I love the cast. You know, I loved Drew Barrymore. I liked uh Courtney Cox, David Arquette. I, it was a really fun movie, and yeah, it had some suspense elements to it, but at the same time, and I, this isn't a knock, but it didn't really scare me. It, it, to me, it was just a fun, entertaining film, and I still need to watch the sequels, but um, I, I really enjoyed 
uh, Scream and what it did to essentially take that genre and in a way add a new layer and a new dimension to it that, like I said, almost was kind of meta in a way. So I, I loved the original Scream and I can't wait to watch more of them. But my number one, and this might actually cause a little bit of controversy for those who um, might disagree with me on this, but going through and watching the Halloween movies, and again, I watched the first three, and I was told, watch the third one first, because it has nothing to do with one and two, which to me made no sense. Like, I, I assumed that they were all part of the same franchise with Michael Myers. So I watched Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. And I went in having no expectations, no inclinations from the previous Halloween films. And I thought Halloween 3 was a suspenseful, fun and well-made movie and it had some sci-fi elements to it with the whole you know kids putting the mask on and watching the the special uh video on that was going to air during halloween night and that catchy theme song that some people hate but i personally love it i ended up really liking halloween 3 so i went back and watched one and two and Two had good moments, but I thought, again, spoilers, but I thought the whole deal with Lori being revealed as the sister of Michael Myers seemed really forced, and I was kind of numb to it, if I'm being honest, but I kept going back to Halloween 3 and how good of a movie I thought it was, and again, it wasn't, as someone who didn't grow up watching horror films, it was something that to me was that balance of the sci-fi and the horror suspense aspect. So I've got to have Halloween 3 Season of the Witch as my number one. It's, to me, been there's the best horror movie that I've watched in my personal opinion. And people, some people despise the third movie or they say they don't dislike it. But it shouldn't be included in the Halloween franchise. But what people may not know is that that was originally how the Halloween franchise was going to be. That was John Carpenter's original vision, is that each movie would have a completely different story that didn't have anything to do with the other. But the reoccurring theme is the stories would take place on Halloween. But what ended up happening was after the third movie came out, people missed Michael Myers. So they ended up bringing him back and they did away with the whole anthology. But I, I think Halloween three gets a lot of flack when it shouldn't because people just, I don't say unfairly compare it to the others, but again, you may not realize that the Halloween three was originally meant to be a part of a certain vision that wound up being changed because of fan perception and the popularity of Michael Myers. Still, that being said, Halloween 3 is still my favorite horror movie that I have seen. And it'll be tough to it'll be tough to knock it off the pedestal. And and I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but the lead actor from Halloween 3 is going to be um part of Pensacon 
coming up here in February. I'll actually look his name up real quick so I can uh, justify that. Halloween 3 season... Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins was the guy's name. But, like, looking at it, it's got a really cool poster. It's got that um, early 80s vibe to it with the the font kind of transitioning into the main portion of the poster. And I love the tagline to it, The Night No One Comes Home. But, man, that theme song was creepy. It's catchy. I enjoy it. I like Halloween 3. And I think you got to look at it for what it is. You know, yeah, it's part of a franchise and it's completely different, but it's still a good movie. So like, to me, a good movie is a good movie, but that's just my personal opinion. So going into everyone's list here, we have, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. All right. So I left this on Facebook earlier today uh, to leave your top five horror films. And I will read them on the show, which I am going to do right now. So we have uh, Jonathan McIntosh, friend of the show and former guest. Number five, Sleepaway Camp. Haven't seen that one. Uh, Number four, Nightmare on Elm Street, the original. Very good movie. Number three, Scream. Two, Dracula, the 1979 version. And number one, the original Halloween Nick Smith, another former guest of the show. Uh, Tough to name my top five, but here are five that I love. Number five, Dawn of the Dead. Number four, Society. Three, The Blob Remake. Number two, A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, part four. And number one is Friday the 13th. Solid list there. And then going to our live chat. And again, you guys feel free to leave your lists and I will read them here on the show. We do have uh, another few minutes to go. Uh, Nick Flagstar, who commented earlier, number five, The Burbs. Number four, Hellraiser. I still need to see that one. Number three, Taste the Blood of Dracula. Two, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and number one is The Wolfman, which technically you could say Nick Flagstar is a former guest of the show as well because he was part of the really fun Stephen King panel that we did at Pensacon earlier this year that I recorded for an episode of the show, which you can check out uh, in the archive, Stephen King Film and TV Adaptations. So as you can tell, my list is... um, is definitely some from someone who is new to the horror genre, but what can I say? And that's one thing that I think everyone can attest to. You know, your tastes change as you get older, not just with food, but with certain things. You know, there are things that I loved as a kid, and I go back and look at it now, and I'm like, how how did I like how did I enjoy that? Like, what was I thinking? But um, yeah, all in all, I've had a lot of fun being introduced to the horror genre, as I've said. Um, I've actually done a f- several uh, horror-based interviews for this show that have also helped me kind of appreciate the genre and what goes into making it happen. It would be a genre that I would love to dabble into as far as the filmmaking aspect goes. I would love to work on a horror set. 
just to see what it's like compared to a drama or any other type of film that I've worked on. But um, all in all, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. I uh, know it's a little bit of a shorter one, but um, thank you all to those who stuck around. I know I do. I did the show uh, a little bit later than what I normally do, but uh, had a pretty busy uh, evening, which actually earlier this evening, I was a guest on the Lights Thunder Action podcast with my good friend Thomas Carter Rochester and his uh, his co-host uh, David Thompson. Uh, had a lot of fun discussing uh, Star Wars, talking about uh, the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, some cool things that we think might happen. I believe that is available to watch on YouTube and will be available uh, within the next week as far as the uh, audio version of the podcast goes. So definitely check that out. As I've said, I've got some um, horror-themed shows coming out over the next few weeks, including an Evil Dead roundtable and a couple of horror-themed guests as well. Um, let's see. Nick Flagstar says, Hellraiser and Sleepaway Camp are like level two movies. You like both. Both are a little more hardcore than the other ones you've seen. And of course... Um, Got, can't leave out Samantha Owens. She just uh, dropped in her list. Hi, Samantha. Thank you for watching. Number five, Nightmare on Elm Street. Four, Scream. Three, Final Destination. I've actually got a funny story about that here in a second. Uh, number two, It, all of them. Her and I have had this conversation. We, She's a huge fan of those movies, but... I don't know that I can bring myself to watch them because I have a fear of clowns. Those things freak me out. Maybe eventually I'll get around to watching them if I can work up enough courage. Multiple people have told me that I need to watch them, but I don't, I don't quite know if I'm going to do that yet. Uh, and her number one is Halloween. But I will say about Final Destination, and let me I'm going to pull up the name here just so I don't... Uh, I don't say the wrong name, essentially. But um, uh, Samantha and I actually watched uh, an indie film that was the directorial debut of Jeffrey Reddick, who is the creator of the Final Destination series called Don't Look Back. And it's going to be available on demand on the 16th of October. And I'm going to be interviewing two of the cast members actually later this week for the show to actually make air the following week. But um, essentially what it's about, excuse me, I got the hiccups here, but uh, Caitlin Kramer, a woman overcoming a tragic past, is among several people who see a man being fatally assaulted. When the witnesses start dying mysteriously, she must unearth if they're being targeted by a killer or something far more insidious. So basically what happens is this group of people watch this man get literally beaten to death and they do nothing about it. One of them actually films the whole thing happening on their phone, which is sad to say because that actually happened here in Pensacola at our mall. Uh, it was either this past Christmas or it might've been the one before, but it, I want to say it was around the holidays. There were these two women who were fighting in the mall and they fought for minutes before someone finally stepped in and broke it up. But, of course, multiple people filmed it on their phones, but that's another story. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Funden, most of your shows are horrors. <laughs> Just kidding. Thanks, Funden. Uh, but they did make a list. I I will say that. Uh, Nick Flagstar, Elm Street made every single list. Well, it's one of those that is just a, a classic horror film. And, and it's, as I mentioned with, um, to me, Halloween 3 and uh, what was the other one that I mentioned? Um, I would even say that about Zombieland, that it hit all the beats that you want in a good movie. You know, and there's something about this, and I've mentioned this almost ad nauseum on the uh, on the show recently, but there's something about that era of the 80s from like 80 to 88. I might as well say 89 if I'm going to mention 88, but like the whole 80s decade, there's something special about that era of film. And I'll throw in horror as well. You throw in... Nightmare on Elm Street, you throw in Halloween. I believe Halloween came out in 1980. Let me actually look that up real quick. I've been doing a lot of fact-checking. Wally Phelps will be proud of me. Halloween. Oh, Halloween was 78. But still, like I, that movie still had its unique charm as well. There, there's something about that era that I can't get enough of. Let's see what we've got here. Um, uh, Devin Bryan, who's watching. Thank you, guys. Oh, we're wrapping up the show, and now people are starting to pile in. It's nuts. Uh, Zombieland 2 is pretty good as well. It was. I thought it was... If I were to give Zombieland 1 an 8.5 or we'll say a 9, I would give uh, Zombieland 2 like a 7.5. Like, not as good but still solid. And yeah, Devin, you're right. Halloween was 1978. I got to go back and watch that movie again. But um, yeah, I, I want to watch more of those. There there are a lot of horror films that are, are on my list. But uh, as I was mentioning, the, the film Don't Look Back, whenever that comes out, and I'm not saying this just because I'm interviewing the cast, but it's actually a pretty damn good indie film as far as horror goes like it definitely has that final destination feel to it but then uh, there will be another interview that I'm doing um, probably sometime next week I haven't heard confirmation yet but for a film uh, with the um, I'm going to be interviewing the uh, lead and the director lead actor and the director of the film uh, called Beast Within which, uh, to tell you what a little bit of what that's about, it's essentially about a game developer who meets his online girlfriend at a launch party for his new gaming app, Werewolves Awaken. And then a priest condemns uh, certain members of the group to be um, marked for the beast. And then things start happening. But it actually sounds really cool. So I'm excited to to watch it and then to... Um, talk about it here uh, on the podcast. So uh, really good stuff. But if anyone else wants to throw in their top five list uh, real quick, I'll read that. Otherwise, I'm going to get out of here in the next couple of minutes. But I'll actually ask you guys this. What, what are some horror films that you guys would recommend? As someone who's new to the horror genre, what would you recommend that I watch?
I've I've seen Halloween one through three. I've watched the first three Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Oh, Josh Shinnewark is watching. Check out Darkness Reigns. I was associate producer on this one. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I'll I'll have to. Is it available somewhere to watch? Because uh, I'll definitely check that out. Like I, I'm all for watching indie film when it comes to horror as well. Because I know a lot of indie film is in the horror genre. So uh, definitely we'll check that out as well. Uh, let's see what we got here. I know that I have... Um, I, I do want to watch the Ash vs. Evil Dead show. As well as the Evil Dead remake. I don't know if it was a remake, but like a newer film set in the Evil Dead universe. Let's see. Uh, oh, Josh says free on Voodoo right now. I'll have to check that out. I'll definitely watch it and uh, let you know what I think of it. But um, if there's no more lists that anyone wants to throw out there, I think I'm going to call this an episode. But this was fun. I, I enjoyed doing these live shows. Um, oh, also on Prime. If it's on Prime, I'll definitely check it out there. But that's going to do it for... Oh, here we are. Now they're piling in. Uh, let's see. Devin says, The Scream movies as for Indie, Hell House Trilogy, and Grave Encounters 1 and 2. Uh, Eric Fund and I Party with Jason and Mobile. Kane Hodder was born on April 8th, 1955 in Auburn, California. He is best known for his role as horror icon Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, Part 7, the New Blood. Uh, Nick Flagstar, Creature from the Black Lagoon for old, old School, Society for the Melt Movies, and Night of the Living Dead, and Psycho for Groundbreakers. Sounds like you guys have set up my next couple of weekends as far as film watching goes. So I will definitely check those out. Oh, and Funden says that was also shot in Mobile. I did not know that. That's actually really cool. Like I, I know some movies of note have been have been shot in Mobile. Some, you know, I think there's been some movies in Fairhope too, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that though. But I think that's gonna gonna be where I wrap up today's show. Thank you guys so much for watching. Um, hope to do another live show again soon. I'll keep you guys posted as far as when I do them. Be on the lookout for all the fun horror stuff coming out over the next few weeks here on the podcast. If you want to follow the show on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at D Diamond Podcast. If you want to subscribe to the show, uh, you can. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, um, all podcasting platforms: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience. Also on YouTube. Uh, just search Derek Diamond. You can find uh, most of the episodes there. Thank you, as always, to my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, for providing the theme music for the podcast. You can check out all their music on Apple Music, Google Play, and Spotify. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you guys once again for tuning in on Facebook Live. Thank you guys who are listening on the download. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to this awesome episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Thursday. <laughs>